Today, I want to take some time to kind of explore some of the things that we're going to see evolving from EdTech companies moving forward. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to my channel. My name is Lena Saleh, the EdTech Guru, where we explore all things EdTech and education related. All right, let's do this. At the beginning of the pandemic, edtech companies had to make a decision. Do we continue our typical sales cycle or do we pivot to offer products for teachers? How edtech companies are actually winning in the situation is that they decided to offer their product to teachers. Typically, a edtech company or an education company will go to conferences to meet teachers for them to be able to use their products. However, when everything shifted online, it gave edtech companies the opportunity to get in front of more decision makers and teachers than ever had before. In the company that I work for alone, we were able to set up 1,500 teachers, and of that, we had about 30,000 students or so that were using the platform. That's more teachers than we typically get from a conversion rate of a teacher trial. The conversion rate of a teacher trial is typically less than 1% from all conferences that we attend over the year. So our ROI on conferences is quite low as it is with most companies who attend any kind of a conference. The idea behind a conference is that you're able to get your brand in front of people who would not typically notice you. So edtech companies were able to do two things shift and offer their product for free for teachers so there wasn't any stress since teachers were in emergency remote style learning. And then what you started to see from ed tech companies was that they started to provide professional development online for teachers. This not only was beneficial for the ed tech company, but it was also beneficial for the teachers themselves. They were able to get trained on the product and be able to launch it to their students fast and quick. So companies pivoted, companies from Dreambox to CodeMonkey to even Code.org was hosting lunch and learns every single week with the founder of Code.org itself. Khan Academy shifted. A lot of the companies shifted to make the space more available for online remote learning. What we'll start to see from ed tech companies moving forward is that they need to be able to leverage the position that they had previously. Because there is such a a cut in budget, and such an unknown of what the world is going to do next, edtech companies need to leverage that. The ways that you can do that are by offering professional development opportunities for teachers, having conversations with district leaders around professional development and how you can prepare them. As you can see by looking at LinkedIn or following trends on Twitter, that a lot of the upper echelon of the educational landscape are really overwhelmed with having to ship for remote learning. If we look at Buckeye School District, elementary school district in Arizona, they have five reopening plans. Not one, not two, not three, but five. Yes, five reopening plans for the next school year. How frustrating would that be as a parent, as a stakeholder, and as a principal, a superintendent, or some type of educational, anyone in the education space, it's frustrating. It's hard to keep up. It's hard to be able to provide value to your teachers and to your students and your parents 
when you have to have so many contingency plans in place. So you offer your product by offering professional development services and making sure that when you are reaching out to districts that your privacy is intact. You have a very strong privacy policy. You are COPA certified, have something to represent FERPA. As I discussed in previous videos, what the difference is between COPA and FERPA, you can see that here, but you need to have strong privacy policies in place in order to really win out with the school districts themselves. By doing that, you'll have more authentic conversations and it will actually give you a greater conversion rate than it would ever before. Another place to really consider is that you really need to start, if you haven't already, increase your social media marketing. You can leverage that by having teacher ambassadors or even a really big missed opportunity is teacher influencers. We see influencer marketing throughout all of the platforms that we're on, from Facebook to Twitter to even LinkedIn, we see that social influencers on TikTok, just anywhere that you can find a social media platform, you'll find a social influencer. If we can start leveraging teachers to do that, I've noticed Cami and Nearpod doing this in a lot of those situations, giving their teachers who are their top users a link to share with other teachers. Other teachers trust teachers. So having those teachers in those positions is going to create a greater marketing opportunity for you. Not to mention your ads need to be very clear and concise. You should be running them on Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram. They should be for all of your networks, from your B2B to your B2C and creating, like I mentioned, the engaging, enriching opportunities for teachers. Most teachers in the spring, when they were forced to go to emergency remote learning, were taking professional development hours between, they were spending between one to 10 hours a week just learning informal professional development that was teacher initiated. They wanted to be able to have the skills in their skill set to be able to provide it to students. Did it necessarily translate that way? No, that's because the top-down approach that most districts had were somewhere saying, let's give them grace anywhere to let's have a very structured eight-hour workday from what we had before. We can even still see that they're still struggling to come up with a really good remote learning plan in place for what's going to have the most success for both students and for teachers. So as an ed tech company, you need to leverage your opportunity by increasing your social media marketing and really leveraging your relationships with teachers. There's lots of virtual conferences that are going on and a really good opportunity to get yourself in front of a brand is by creating a conference proposal. So make sure it's really clean and it's really tight and it's really representing your brand but then is translated into something that could be beneficial for the teachers. This is something that you can continuously use for all of the conferences that you have and then give a link so that it's trackable so you know exactly where are these teachers coming to you from. A lot of times when, when companies are looking at how do I reach the teachers, how do I grow on the teacher side of things, they don't know and they're not tracking metrics. And when you don't track metrics, you don't know where your leads are coming from. So it's really important to know where your lead base is coming from and where you can have the most revenue generating resources available to you. 
So my tips to you at tech startups and education companies is make sure that you're offering professional development to your teachers. Make sure that you're leveraging the teacher ambassadors that you have, whether it is a, a teacher user or it may even be a B2C, a parent. Make sure you're creating opportunity that's engaging and that's actually preparing the teachers to be able to use the product that you have. The more training that a teacher or a district has on your product, the more the likelihood is for them to increase. There was a really great podcast that I just listened to on how I built this, an NPR radio show that talks about how companies started from the very beginning to where they are now. The founder of Dreambox was on there and she was talking about how instead of cutting all the positions, which we saw happen very much so during the COVID pandemic, they were able to go to a four day work week. And then it actually created greater work, obviously for the company on the back end, but it created much greater value because districts that were originally using it, maybe in pockets of schools, they were allowing it for the whole, all the districts were able to use the product and they had a short onboarding process for them. And it actually has transpired to greater lead generation for them. So those users actually turned in to paid users. So that's a really big deal, especially in the world of the freemium model. And because of that, the resource allocation is going to be going more so to this online learning. If you're not leveraged in the way to provide online support, it's something that you need to be thinking about and transitioning for yourself as well. Another really good place that a lot of ed tech companies or education companies will miss in general is being part of the conversations that are happening on Facebook. Twitter, that's easy to follow and you can kind of see where those, where the tweets are going and you know, the threads that are happening there. But in the EdTech Facebook groups, they're having deeper level of conversation regarding tools that they really like. A user will come in to the Facebook group. They have a strong network. They formed basically a bond where they basically trust these teachers, teachers, no teachers. So they will come in and they'll say, I need a keyboarding tool or I want to focus on this and roll out a new computer science program. What are your thoughts? What negatives and positives have you had? And then the teacher is able to walk away with this teacher had this experience, this teacher had this experience, and I know that this tool is either going to work for me or it's not going to work for me. This happens from anything from buying headphones to buying mice to how to sanitize your the desktops and things like that. But it is really powerful. And if you're not in the conversation with them, you're not going to know what the teachers need. The last and final piece that ed tech and educational companies need to think about is collecting data from the users. It's important to listen to what the teacher features need and what your district leaders need. A lot of times you'll hear it and then it has a hard time translating to your management team or maybe your dev team and you think it's maybe not that important. So what you need to do is you need to reach out to existing users and make sure you're collecting data from them as well. Are these tools something that they want? Are they tools that they need? Is it really going to help support them while using the platform that you're using? Or should you change all of that? Maybe pivot the offering that you're having. So a lot of times the teachers, like I said, teachers know teachers and teachers know what they want and what they need and what 
how it will work for them. So, so collecting data from the teachers is really important. I organize a meetup group here in Austin and the common concern from teachers, and I know this firsthand when I was in the classroom, is how will it work for me and for my students? If it's not easy to onboard the students, if it's not easy to use, and maybe I really liked the tool when I initially started it, but the minute I start logging in with students and I find that it's troublesome, it's going to go out the wayside for many of the teachers because many teachers are not tech savvy. It's just the truth. A lot of people just really aren't tech savvy in general. The world is getting more tech savvy with the generational changes and the things that we have to do. But the school systems themselves are just not in a tech-centered world quite yet. They're not anywhere where they should be for the world that we actually live in. So it doesn't necessarily translate. So if there's a hiccup, there needs to be some way or some resource for which the teacher can call upon to do that. So making sure that you're doing your research when you're launching these products, make sure that it's what the teacher needs. In the meetup groups, we always have these conversations. They'll come to the table and they'll say, I have come up with this really great product and this really good need that the teachers need. Is it a need or is it a thing that you think they need? That's the difference. They need to make sure that they need to have that tool to make it successful in their classroom. If it's a nice to have, it may not be worth the product and dev time. But if it's something that's really essential to your future growth, it, then you need to put that in the forefront and make sure that that's important. Especially during this time right now, this is the best time to get your product out in front of anyone especially if you're an online educational company, it's very important to get this product out in front of teachers and making sure you're collecting their feedback and knowing that you're there for them. That's gonna be a really important part too because something like code.org that and Scratch that are completely free products don't have the manpower. I mean, they probably do, but they don't have a customer support, customer success section of their teams. They're about developing curriculum and tools and it's a freemium model. So they are getting money from people that are donating to the foundation of the nonprofit work, but they don't have a support team. And having a support team is really important and is going to be your biggest moment to shine when you are a for-profit company. If you're a nonprofit company, you're going to shine by doing your lesson plans and making sure your curriculum is tight and it's exactly what they need. It's standards aligned and everything is pretty streamlined because it has to have an ease and usability for teachers. If you're for profit, your time to shine is by doing your customer success. It's just where it is. It's what the teachers need. They need support and you have to be able to leverage and give that to them. And if you're not doing that, you need to be doing them by webinars. What, webinars are one of the most undervalued resources that anyone could use. It does take a lot of time on the back end to prepare it. A webinar that I haven't prepared before will take anywhere from five to 20 hours on a minimum to produce something that's really good quality for the teachers. First time might not be great, but the next time is something that I'll improve upon. And as an ed tech company, you need to thinking about how you provide value to your end user. Flip upside down what you're typically doing because your outreach from the top up is not gonna be necessarily beneficial. Those, as if the people in the top weren't already busy enough to make decisions and you really wanna get them in and make those top-down decisions, with the way that education has had to turn upside down, which is something that we can all agree needed to happen and has needed to happen since it hasn't really changed since the Industrial Revolution. It was really set up for the Industrial Revolution and not for 
this new revolution that we're having of technology and AI and just the world that we live in. So it's really just important to make sure that you are you know, providing that value for the teachers and webinars are really, really easy way to do it. You know, the tools can be a little bit pricey, but they really provide you a lot of value because you can post it on YouTube, make sure that you have the correct taglines and teachers can go back and watch it and find it. And then when they're in those groups, they can say, Hey, I went to this really cool webinar. I think you should attend it. It's going to really fit for you. Just like parents do on our, on B2C um, ads, they'll tag another parent or tag another teacher, you know, kind of like you do when you send your friends memes all the time. <laughs> um, when you're sending memes, you're basically spreading awareness of that brand. So it's just a way to build your brand. And it's time to build the brand in the correct way by thinking about our end user. And the end user is teachers, which ultimately, obviously, the end user are students. But if the teachers don't have success in training in that, you'll see the products go out the wayside. And I know that firsthand when I delivered workshops and webinars to teachers through the work that I do, but also on the back end when I would provide support and training for the teachers, if they didn't have a good skill set and the tool when we would do a product launch of something new, you know, launching a new platform or maybe a new program. If they didn't have the training, they wouldn't utilize the tool because you don't have confidence in it. You also don't have a gift of time in teaching. So that's why making sure that it's easy to onboard and easy to roll out and making sure that you're investing in the training is going to set you up in the long run for success. So be thinking about that. Try to make connections in that space. Really try to hone in on those top users and making sure that you're looking at data and provide value and make sure that you're collecting information from your users too about what it is that they need to make their days more successful while using it with students. Because if you can prove the growth that the students are having, then it is a trickle up effect up to the from the bottom up to the top, which is what we want to have happen. You want teachers advocating for your product. Take this opportunity of COVID-19 flip your model upside down and start focusing on how we can provide the most value to both teachers and making sure that your data and privacy is in check and ready to go. We're all in this together. Just keep that in mind. And remember that if you have questions about anything, the same as I say to teachers, it's important that you're also collaborating with each other about features that work and don't work for you in the space. Do your research with what your competitors are also doing because it's really important for leading you for that utmost success. Thank you so much for joining me this week. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Once again, thank you so much for joining me on this journey. My name is Lena Saleh, the EdTech Guru. Remember to like, comment, share, and subscribe, and I will see you guys next time. Bye.